0: And circle up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Okay, we're back with part two with Fucktard. Hasher now living on the coast of Kenya, been around the world to we'll pick up, how did he get his name, and more hashing stories. Part two with Fucktard. Where did your hash name come from and what was the story of that
1: fucktard is uh, my ex-wife's for reason now uh, pet name for me is short for fucking retard <laughs> and yeah somehow uh, the r a in cobble got wind of it i may have actually dropped the hint as you know we're not supposed to like the name yeah. or pick our name but you know he suggested it surreptitiously among three or four of our my friends and guess what Covered with flour, covered with beer in the middle of winter. I think it was on my birthday. My birthday is yeah, January. I'm forever known as fucktard. Yeah. F-A-T-A-R-D.
0: Yeah. As hashers probably know, if you meet people and introduce, they probably assume that you're really smart if you have that kind of hash name. But... Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> You've talked about that hashing spirit, but do you bring people to the hash still?
1: And over the years, what do you tell people do. What hashing is? Irreverent and sophomoric, and don't take it too seriously, and just expect to have a good time. Yeah. And that's what I tell them. I, you know, I said it. It's, it's. We're going to sing childish, dirty rugby songs and stuff like this, which you probably know. in fact. I was teaching the the bullshit song to uh, a friend of my of my boat the other day. And she said, oh, yeah, okay. So all of a sudden, all of us on my boat, we saying, you know, at a rotary meeting, we're saying, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> sounds like bullshit. <laughs> That's
0: a so good still, crossover to other service organizations. Yeah,
1: yeah so I'm still spreading, you know, still spreading the hash gospel. Since I've moved from Nairobi, I didn't get there that often. I would have, uh, uh you know, fucked annual birthday hash weekend down here in Wadambo. And well, Rambo flew in for it a couple of times. Uh, you know, we set it among, uh, when, uh, he he's at the trail a few years back, we set it among the ruins of this abandoned 800 year old town. It's like Pierre, Indiana Jones. They basically found in like 100 years ago, they found this abandoned town that had been abandoned like 300 years ago. And it was an active Arab trading town back 700 years ago. Oh. So we set it among the, we set, you know, it was called uh, Race Among the Ruins, what we which we call the hash.
0: That's cool. Let me hear about this event, but how many people can come and do they, they, sh- you can't put them all up. So is there hotels in the area that you use
1: them? Yeah. Well, you know, we, we usually put a couple here, you know, where we arrange other Airbnbs, put them up. Uh, the last two years we've been doing Hair of the Dog runs on New Year's Day. There is a hasher uh, and her husband, his name is Lufpimp. They're Belgian. Uh, I forget her hash name.
0: What's his hash name again?
1: Le Pimp. Le Pimp. Oh, yeah. And they've they've passed all over the world, especially in the Far East.
0: I think they're heading down to Trinidad right now. So, the World Interhash, have you made it to any of the regional events like that? World Interhash, Eurohash?
1: No. No, 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 never.
0: We've been having every two years World Interhashes since 1978. And in 2020, Trinidad and Tobago had the Postpone about six weeks ago, they had to just cancel it. They couldn't get the commitment that restrictions for COVID would be lifted. They canceled some of the restrictions Uh have since been lifted. There's about 400 people heading down there this coming weekend. I'm going down and instead of there being 2,500 people, there's going to be about 400. It's not an official event, but there's people from Uh around the world.
1: Wow, wow, wow.
0: What's the story with Le and them?
1: They are, were they were I think the original Nairobi hash. They somehow reached out to me and they wanted to go sailing. So I took them sailing and I found out their hashers or we knew they knew I was sent you know sailing to a hash and we got talking and then said, Yeah, we're here Christmas, let's let's organize something on New Year's Day. So last year we had a hash New Year's Day, and this year as well they had a hash on New Year's Day. And last year we went from Nairobi who was in Watamu came, plus we had a bunch come up from the South Coast hashes uh, from Mombasa and Diani, and I, we ended up taking the hashers sailing the next day. Did you, did you ever meet Arhol? I think so. Yeah, Arhol happened to be in ta- in Nairobi and reached out and said, hey, we're having a hash. It's so great. I'm coming down. He actually set up the Mombasa hash years ago.
0: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> but, and then uh, it's been resurrected, and now with COVID, it's, it's died again. So we had maybe a dozen or so hashers, and, and again, Le Pimp set the trail. He always set the trail with Lots of libations along the way. And, and again, you know, I've lived in in Wetamu now for 11 years, and he took me through places I've never been to or never even knew existed.
0: That's great.
1: And it was great. And I said, this is a wonderful trail. I'd give this 12 out of 10, you know. I mean, like I, and I said, same thing. You know, it goes along my philosophy of setting a trail that like should be off your normal beat path.
0: Nairobi's a giant hashing center, well, and a place a lot of people. Who are some of the
1: characters from there? There's there's two or three hashes of Nairobi. There's the original Nairobi hash, which split up from the Nairobi hash, because it started off as you know, the same core people, and then what happened was is that it just got too big. They they couldn't find starting points where you could put a hundred cars. Mm-hmm. We call them the big hash, which is probably seventy five percent African, twenty five percent bazungu, and the little hash, the original Nairobi hash, which is what I belong to and still profess allegiance to, is the reverse. So about 75% was or expat, hmm. 25% African. You know, my wife is African and we, you know, she's got a name. She's, she's probably got to be the only hasher in the world who has never actually to run a single hash. <laughs> but she got, she got named, but my wife was always working behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Her hash name is Pretty in Pink. She's always wearing pink, my wife. And she was named on board an ancient dhow in uh, the middle of the ocean at one of my birthday hashes a few years back. Who are some
0: of the characters there from Nairobi so there hash? Is, you've is, known a long time.
1: There's Turbo Farts, Bum Fluff, Fatwad, Missionary, who's a legend. Digit was there. Was Dog, Fish Killer, uh, hooked up with. He was in Watamu a few weeks back. Took him for to the boat. But he sort you of know, goes between the other three hash. And the third hash is the Sunday hash, which is twice as long. And there they have hashers with names like Gazelle and. and these challenging marathoners who go on to win the Boston marathon and stuff like that. And I mean, we just, I'm stumbling along after, you know, three or four hour, 12, you know, 12 kilometer hash. And these guys were, were long gone home by the time I even get halfway through. I always thought
0: a hasher could do a, we, we probably have a hasher somewhere there in that region that could do a four minute beer mouth. Wow. Well. <laughs> You're usually walking on trail, so that's a, yeah. tends to be a bit safer. Have you ever gotten injured on trail? No. Uh, Have you yourself uh, gotten lost apart from rescuing people? Oh,
1: yes. Yes, we got lost. Oh, I was furious. I was furious. We got lost in the Cruer Forest and one of the runs in Nairobi. And I, and I had my young daughter with me. He was visiting from, uh, from Hamilton at the time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, how, what happened? How, how long? Were... We,
1: we ended up getting found or found our way out of the forest. But, yeah, wow.
0: What about the stuff, the gear? Do you have T-shirts and memorabilia from all these ones oh, back yeah? through from Kabul? You, have, a, you have Kabul gear?
1: i got Kabul gear. I've got Rwanda gear. I use a coaster from Kalahari Hashout Terriers every day. Put my coffee on it. <laughs> uh, the Great Austrant, that was from, you know, Gabarone in Botswana, or spelled Gabarone. Mm. Uh, for not I've always made a point to have at least some sort of memorabilia from every hat. I don't think I have anything from Benin because I don't think they had it for sale, but I would have definitely bought something from there.
0: Okay, so and you've done a lot of work behind the scenes. Sometimes you're front and center. What is your approach to running a circle? What's a fucked hard circle like?
1: Try to inject a lot of humor in it. You know, try to be yeah, a little bit of embarrassment, perhaps. But you know, uh, actually, I was I was in the Juba hash. I was back working in Juba in, in the autumn, and uh, I ran the circle then. And you know, did a you know my usual banter and, and embarrassing some of the you know the ones like uh, the young women who ended up being uh, baptized that day. So I I got to baptize them and name them. And I forget, obviously, I forget the names right now. I'm getting old, I guess.
0: Were there any people there from your permanent time in Juba still there?
1: Yeah, quick change, quick change. He was an accountant. I remember I used to go at our camp, Apex camp, at our, at our pro, our USA project. We used to go to the UN airport or the UN camp beside the airport after work every day to get some exercise. And his name is Paul Gitonga, and I, Paul's name is, it was still there. So I brought him, he didn't know there was a hash still. So I brought him out. Again, I remember I was walking in the hash. This is going back 2008, 2009 with the quick change. Another accountant in the office, her name. But I remember asking him. He says, "You know, and, and Paul was like a stocky guy, built like a fire hydrant, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But the guy could run like the wind." And I, and I said, "What is it with you Kenyans? You know, I mean, you know, uh, is it you know you get all this? You know, you're, you're such fast runners. You get this, you know, you get this experience running from the lions and tigers in the jungle." And, uh, and both him and I uh, Patricia, I think her name was, says, "No, it's from running from the. We get experience running from the police."
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Everybody's gone to different places in their life, but uh, places like Kigali, it is uh, Milde Colleen, the famous hotel that people probably yep. heard of from the movie Hotel, hotel Rwanda. Rwanda yeah. it, it, the name means, of course, a thousand hills. So there, oh, yeah. there's some steep place. What's it like on the coast? Is it a flat area now where you're in Watombo?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's flat to uh, wade in hip deep in water along the beach because it's all beach. And rock. The uh, pimp had set a trail that went through the bush, started off at the beach, ended up going through some bush, uh, found some interesting drunks. In fact, some some young woman followed us along, we either stoned out of her mind or drunk. followed us along, kept hoping uh, someone was going to give her a drink. Uh, then finally, we ended up leaving her there. She followed us for probably two miles, so I had no idea if she was going to be able to find her way home. We went to the beach, and on the beach, we had to wade around these these rock formations. And it was maybe what hit me, was maybe needy. Mm. but it was deep enough you had to put your, your bones above your head. And then we stopped at uh, some reggae bar or you know beach bar, uh, obviously on the beach. Uh, and then from there we went uh, and had dinner at Moto Pussy. Uh, what's it called? Pussy Moto, which we translate. Moto means hot in Swahili.
0: Mm.
1: No Hakuna Hakuna Pussy Moto. No hot. Translate as no hot pussy. And he's an Indian guy. And it was he has this built this magnificent uh, block of or condos. Sorry, I sorry, have to learn to speak English again. Or American again, right on the beach. So we, he put on a dinner there for us, uh, which was great.
0: So you've got over 15 years of ha- hashing experience now across a lot of different continents and areas. Has there been changes and has Nairobi hash changed over the time you've been out in and out there the last decade?
1: Honestly, uh, like Nairobi sort of went into decline the past couple of years as did most hashes because of COVID. Sure. You know, yeah, there's there's politics involved in the Nairobi hash and every hash, I guess. And, and there is even a point in time, you know, I love hashing that even in the Juba hash, which I love. I actually had to leave because I had a conflict. Hmm. And to me, no you know, what it is, whether it's rotary or it's hashing or whatever, if it stops being fun, step back. Yeah, like sure. Yeah, that would be my advice. I don't have time for this. We're here to have fun. I mean, and if you take yourself seriously, you've got a problem. I think the problem was with you, not with me. And again, like I said, I'm here to have fun. You don't like the way I set the trail? Fine. You know, I remember getting into actually, you know, a shutting match and almost got to fisticuffs with a German hasher in, in Juba, which I ended up taking the leaves. It's fine. I'm done. And came back after some prodding, after several months with uh, Steve Ross that convinced me to come back.
0: Well, what's the biggest weekend or event you've been to? Because you've been to these hashes that are kind of very stereotypical—fifteen to twenty people, maybe a little more—all around the world doing the same thing. Have you been to any giant or bigger weekend events?
1: No, nothing really. You know, the weekend—you know—the weekend events that I've hosted down here in Wintombu for my birthday hash is basically been it. Uh, and again, I think the first year we actually, the first year we had well over 30, we had over 40 people limited to the first 35 because the old Dow, you know, this Arab style of fishing boat with a teen sail, you only had a capacity of 35. So we had to limit to the first 35 where we did our circle. Hey, we forgot to mention the Air Bill hash. In yeah, let's talk
0: about Air Bill because if you mention to people hashing in Iraq, they've heard about or been to the green zone, sometimes red zone hashing. But Erbil was, for quite a while, when I was there, left out of being a war-torn city. What was your experience there?
1: Oh, it was an amazing place. It was just like a normal city. There were shopping malls, so our chief of party made sure that we went up to the branch office in Erbil, I think once every four weeks, so we can go to a movie, eat dinner out, go for a walk. I mean, there was a beautiful park there. Anyway, you found out there was sort of revived the hash there. I, I forget his name now. He's living. We're still in touch again. He's an accountant in California now. Actually, I think he was Lebanese or Syrian born, but living in Erbil, which is Kurdistan. And it was just an amazing place. It was just like a normal place. Again, it was it was great fun to go up there. I mean, we'd go out after dark and walk in a park and, and have a drink at a restaurant. It was just like compared to Baghdad. It's you know, kinda of
0: funny to say, Oh, we could go out after dark and have a drink somewhere and it it's kind of jaw dropping and astonishing, but that's it. So trail it sounds like a very traditional thing. Was were you using flour marks there? Was that ever an issue?
1: I think we I don't know if we use chalk or we use flour in airbill. In, in some places we were sensitive to using flour because obviously there's hunger going on and we'd use chalk or lime and we had the chance. Mm-hmm. I remember, though, in Kabul in the wintertime setting a trail with hot chocolate powder. <laughs> and I think I think I even did that all. you I, I used that trick again uh, in Golden Horseshoe. You know, there's barking the snow that way.
0: It's just astonishing to me how many places we've hashed in common. And it sounds like we probably have never been in the same place. But Cairo is obviously a big part of my hashing for almost 15 years. Where were the trails? What do you remember about hashing in Cairo in the late 2010s? Um,
1: Always in the Wadi we would meet at what was that club called?
0: The Ace Club?
1: Ace Club. I was a meet at the Ace Club. And then from there we'd carpool to the Wadi somewhere. Uh, that was just surreal. Just un I have card, I don't know if you gotta bleep it up, but just unfucking believable. The beauty of it, the challenge of it. It was just what to me what hashing was all about.
0: It's kind of like yeah. a moonscape, a desert moonscape.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it was just so amazing to be out there. And I used to think, oh, geez, you know, why are we always in the Wadi? Actually, a couple of times we did we did a hash through, uh, we would do hashes in the town. We did a hash once up in, I can't remember the two names of the town. Uh, we were the two expert flights. So I can't just think of them right now.
0: Katamea? Uh, the
1: one, the one down in the south end.
0: Mahdi? Uh, oh.
1: Madi, Mahdi, we remember doing uh, some hashes in Mahdi, uh, starting at the Ace Club. What is the one up Heliopolis? Uh, no, never went out there for a hash. <laughs> I think we did a hash out in on the coast once. I forget. We did a hash once, twice up by, you know, where the Marriott Hotel is in the north end of town. Zamalek. Zamalek, uh, yeah. We yeah. We did. I remember doing one or two up there.
0: Yeah, I used to live right across the street from there.
1: Then you must know Greg. I forget Greg's right name right now. But Greg lived in the top of, of an apartment building there overlooking uh, the Nile River. And nice. He's back there you now, and yeah, great I think Greg came out for a few hashes. Craig. Well, I'm
0: gonna—I probably make you jealous now. Uh, you know, we all have our stories, but back in the early 1990s, there was no fence around the pyramids, so we used to. Greg age, Olson. Oh, I know Greg Olson. Yeah, in the USA, Not but
1: everyone knows Greg Olson from USA. Do you know him?
0: Yeah, he's been there. For, he's been around forever.
1: He went. He went. Just went back to Cairo. Uh, I saw a few months back, and he'd been back, back in the states for you know during COVID. Uh huh. So
0: wow. Yeah, the, we used to be able to drive up, we'd drive from south, uh, and drive through the desert and pull right up to the pyramids and have a hash at the pyramids. Kind of, oh, they awesome. couldn't see us approaching, oh. we'd drive up from the desert.
1: Wow, amazing.
0: Very cool. You've been an international tra- traveler, developer, teacher, you integrate And get yourself in with the local communities and local populations, too. You're involved with Rotary. Can you imagine how life would be different without having found and connected to the hash? It
1: would be very lonely, as I I talk about the search. No, as I talked about before, the interview began. Uh, Roth, I was being interviewed by some uh, English legal magazine. We were talking about—I forget what it was. What do I do when I start a new talent? Says, well, the first thing I do is look for a hash and look for a rotary. I have instant friends, and yeah. literally, you know, I have uh, gotten off the plane on Thursday afternoon, at rotary on Friday, and hashing on Saturday. Yeah. And like I said, a- and the friendships I have formed in the hash are solid. Friendships that I'm still enduring to this day. Like I said, I was speaking to my friend Quizzer. We met Kuwait, who's now living in Singapore and is considering relocating to Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. It's, it's sort of those bonds, you know. And like I said, mm-hmm. we had great fun together, great, you know, great adventures together. You know, Quizzer came to Pretty and Pink's 30th birthday party in a, a number of years ago, you know, flew in from Singapore for Again, these things that you you, you meet, these people, like I said, Rambo. Digit. i mean all, all all these great great people like you that you meet through hashing
0: yeah wouldn't have met them through any other way or oh. might have met them on business hashing is an instant icebreaker and it makes us a tribe worldwide yeah
1: getting story you know instant friends not only that you know it says oh raw I, I i'm looking for a place to live he says you see that guy over there go talk to him yeah. You that part. now i need a car oh well you go talk to him over there i says now i i, I need this kind of doctor he says you call so-and-so
0: yeah
1: and i and, and where do i go and buy this you go to you go talk to that guy over there or you know you 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 will pick you up on, on saturday afternoon you know it, it's just people went out of their way to help you out and like i said it would be life would be a lot different a, as a new expat or a new foreigner in, in any of these countries without the hash yeah. because for the most Hashing is an expat thing. I found, uh, mm-hmm. except of course Golden Horseshoe, where we had actually a few expats. I think Toronto probably has a few. You know, Hogtown may have a few, a few expats.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: for the for the most part, the rest of the world, they're expats.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can go and find lots of homegrown hashers who have hashed only in one place in New Zealand, Australia. You know, islands tend to be a little bit more isolated and some of those people have experience but the same thing the hash is also full of people who have traveled around the world either on vacation or work and hashed lots of places too yeah how many more decades of hashing you got in there
1: i hope i got another decade i'm i just turned 65
0: oh good for you Uh, i
1: i don't turn six i don't feel 65 i still feel 28 but you know what they what they what they say raw you know the leading cause of injury among older men hmm is is them still thinking they're younger men?
0: Yeah, your brain's still eighteen, and yeah, looks at the, we can look at the world. I do. I did masters track. I think COVID has caused me to finally retire. I was running steeple chase and all this stuff, and I'm just saying, you know, I got to stop doing this. I don't want to fall down over a water barrier and and have a life affected anymore. It's time to quit running. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 On on eight. All right,
0: on on. Yeah. let me ask you one standard question so I have it. Is the RA
1: always right? Rule number two, <laughs> which is, in case of doubt, refer back to rule number one. The RA is always right, and I actually have that sign made up on my yacht or my sailboat. Number one, the captain is always right. You know and a few other rules and, and number five is in case of doubt refer back to rule number one
0: yeah so on the hash the ra is the captain of that absolutely
1: boat. absolutely
0: well thanks to fucktard world traveling hasher and now sailboat based hasher on the coast of kenya go visit him. this is the online podcast hasher voices hasher stories hasher history new episodes every week until next time, on on, this is raw to close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother hash Swing low sweet. Child.